0: Welcome back to the Football Chat Podcast. It's episode 157. Today we've got a plethora of topics across the world of football to be talking about. Harry, though, first question, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I've had a nice day. I'm looking forward to cracking on with a nice long podcast.
0: <laughs> that is great to hear. So, yeah, as I say, a load of topics to talk about. We've had a great weekend of football just gone by. We're going to talk about some of the big stories, some of the big headlines, and all the debate over social media about all the controversial moments. So shall we start with the Manchester Derby, where better to start than that match? It was, of course, the game we covered live on TFC. Good stream.
1: Yeah, it was a good Good game. It was a a good game. And I'm going to be completely honest, I think for me, it felt like watching two games. I think in the first 45 minutes, we watched one game. In fact, it was so long. (laughs) Yeah. And then the second 45 minutes, we watched a completely different game. Yeah. I don't get how that happens. And that just sums up how bad United are at the moment. Because mm. for 45 minutes, I watched a Manchester derby. The next 45, I watched, Man- I watched they- Manchester City versus
0: Newport. They didn't really come forward to United at all throughout the whole game. And we'll get on to talking about that. Because Carragher and Neville, which mind, I think that's quite interesting to talk about. But if we look at United in the first half, defensively, they were really solid. They didn't really allow City too many clear-cut opportunities. Yes, City were on top. But they weren't getting clear shots at goal. Then the penalty came and the whole game changed. Talking of the penalty, what do we think? Penalty, no penalty? I don't I, think there's too much liberation there personally. No, but.
1: I think it's a soft one, but the letter of the law is you've got your hands around a player in the penalty area yeah. and they've got and they've gone to ground. And that's not that's not you know, that is given at any level of football.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's Rodri knows what he's doing. It's very yeah. clever, very cynical from Rodri. He knows that Hoylun is going to panic if he sees Rodri just burst in front of him and he does exactly that. The naivety I think you could say of Hoylun to put the arm around him in that area. Rodri knows what he's doing. Yeah. He probably goes to the ground a little bit easy let's be honest. And was he ever going to get to the ball? Probably not, but he made it look like he was. Hoylun panicked, showed his naivety, brought him down. And I think in that in that respect it is a definite it's a, it's a penalty. It's yeah. a definite penalty. Yeah. I think Hoyland shouldn't be putting his arm around him like that. Was it soft? Undoubtedly. Did Roger know exactly what he was doing? Seemingly so. Yeah. But it was a pen and it was well finished by Erling Haaland.
1: Yeah, and I, I did mention it uh, on the stream that it felt the reason City won the... Not, was not the only reason, but a big factor for me was the game smartness from a City. Um, yeah. They know what it takes. They know exactly what the game was. That's they game management. Exactly.
0: It's all about you that. Know,
1: not giving away silly penalties. When, like when Hoyland got thrown on goal, Stones could have easily clattered into him. And he didn't. He did make contact with him, but he did just enough to put him off, not foul yeah. him. Rather than panic and go through the back. It's just being smart. Because But Hoyland could have gone down, I think. And then Stones is off
0: and they've got a free kick in a great again, area.
1: He was that game smart. Hoyland should have done yeah. that. He,
0: Mate, Bruno would have gone down without any contact. Yeah. So.
1: Hoyland showed his how he, how young he is, how raw he is because there were moments yeah. in that game where it's, it is that about that game management about being smart about the football. Sometimes you've got to work smart and not hard because he worked hard yeah. to try and beat Stones and beat Edison and try and get a goal. If he'd worked smart, could have gone to ground, won himself a free kick, got John Stones sent off and the game would have be been a completely different game.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you there. I think that It could, uh, you know, Hoyloon could have a huge impact. And I think Hoyloon actually encompasses a bigger point about Ten Hag. We'll get into the second half next, but I want to talk about Ten Hag's reign at United so far. A lot of people starting to doubt him this week. A lot of people blaming on the owners. There's been, it's been throwing back and forth amongst the argument is it the owners? Is it Ten Hag? But in this match where they need to win a game, right? Rasmus Hoyloon, their second most expensive ever signing, their big money striker. And they need a goal in the last few minutes. What do they do? Hook him. Why? Yeah. That was such an odd choice from Eric Ten Hag. He's your big goal scoring striker. He's your big player. You need him there in the big games. You've signed him to be that important goal scorer. You need a goal towards the end of a game and you've hooked off your best, arguably, what well, should be your best goal scorer. Yeah.
1: I mean, that was ridiculous. And then he followed that up by post match saying that he started Maguire and Evans
0: over Round for Tactics. Yeah. What was that about? Well, I don't think anybody knows. It's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Whether it's sharpness, they know that Varane isn't really going to be sharp. Whether he thought that the physicality of Maguire and Evans would cope with Haaland yeah, better, I don't know. Because the question was, was, was it was it fitness
1: or... Um, there's no, I can't remember. It was like fitness or something else, and he went tactics.
0: A ta- yeah, a tactical decision, maybe. I don't know. Which is
1: interesting, because I never thought of a back two of Maguire and Evans being a tactical decision. In a, yeah. in, a, in a good manner, because that sounds like hell. and it, To be fair, they didn't do too badly first half. And the first yeah. half United was exactly what was expected. We thought City would be on top, but United held firm, and they did okay. And even when they conceded the penalty, they didn't downward spiral. They kept going, and they only went into half-time 1-0 down. yeah And obviously, they, they created chances. The Hoyland chance, the uh, McTominay chance, both in the first minute and towards the end of the half they created opportunities, just didn't take them. So it yeah. was not a bad first half. Now, I do not know what happened in that 15 minutes at halftime. Well, what Ted and Ted ark said, what was inspired by them, what their captain said, which I do want to touch on later, because okay. that was interesting. <laughs> um, but what happened in that 15 minutes, for United to come out in that second half and forget everything they did in the, se- in the first. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I said it like two completely different games... Because they came out on a different
0: side. I don't think it's what was said in the United dressing room that made the difference. I think it's what said... I think it's what said... What, words! I think it's what was said in the Manchester City changing room. It's the fact that Pep could get another level out of his players, whereas Ten Hag couldn't. And yeah. I find that that is the major difference. Since the game, Ten Hag has come out as well, and he actually made some really interesting comments. He said that he would like to play... So he was asked basically, why don't you play the same way you did again, when you were our oh, manager and he yeah. said, I'd love to, but we don't have the players for that. We've got players for direct counter-attacking football. And it's like, well, you've, they've signed you as the manager to play your style. They liked your football. They want you to come in and play that. Don't accommodate for these players. No, If they're not good enough, tell the ownership that and sort that out. I'm sure he's had that conversation. And I can understand to a point why you must be so frustrated as a manager if you want to play out from the back. Yeah. And you've got Lindelof, Maguire, Evans and Dallow. No disrespect to Dallow. But it must be so difficult therefore to implement that style. But you can you, you like, I, it's not been even when they've had the full fit squad this season, they've not played that football. Yeah. So I don't really know why he seems to think he can't play he can't yeah. actually play football. I get why you know, there's certain players that won't won't suit the system. But you've sort of got to work with that unless or can you know, make your owners do something which is difficult the Glazers don't give a shit
1: yeah I mean and also you had your average fan excuses someone me someone said to me today oh that's all right it wasn't full strength for Levin. to which I said every football club in every scenario should be prepared for a couple injuries yes Lissandro Martinez is injured but why on earth is your backup
0: Johnny Evans yeah I, I agree with that entirely in terms of you know you should have better backups but I will state that I I do feel there's a little bit of misfortune on United's behalf when Casemiro true. is out injured. Yeah. When you've got Amrabat had a bit Amrabat haven't he struggled. Yeah, it's not he's not really done a lot, but yeah, you've got Casemiro injured, you've got Lissandra Martinez injured and you've got Luke Shaw injured and you've got Varan injured. I I think that on in that regard, fair enough. That is a very difficult very difficult to replace I all of like those players. Weird. Because if he surely,
1: if he's good enough to, if he's there to be able to sit on the bench, then surely he could have mm. at least got on.
0: Yeah, and I Region was fit. Why doesn't he start? No, yeah. You could have easily lined up with a Varan, Lindelof, Reggillon instead of Maguire Evans and Lindelof at left back.
1: Even if like Maguire, be Maguire doesn't make
0: any sense. Because Reggion could play out from the back, as could Lindelof and Varan. I mean if I'm summing up Jolly
1: Evans' performance, it's he chokeslammed somewhere yeah. in the last few minutes, and that even, was it.
0: Even if Aram wasn't fully fit, you could still play Lindelof and Maguire, which yeah. I think is a more balanced yep. back too than starting Johnny Evans. And it,
1: basically, okay. every scenario that Johnny Evans is in is a bad idea. Why? Though, I do life.
0: not understand why they looked at him and went,
1: he's a good fourth, three centre-back.
0: They needed a centre-back, his fifth choice. It's just that they have to use him because they're playing Lindelof oh, at left-back. I don't, I don't get it. They've just really signed Reguilof. And then it feels like everything at the club is just a bizarre move. I mean, I think, well, I, I was looking, I'll see if I can find it quickly while you're talking, but there was a graphic with every single United starting under Ten Hag, And there was, and people were saying there's like one good transfer.
1: Yeah. I want to touch on captaincy and leadership at United, because we talk about the poor ownership. Yeah. We talk about maybe a bit of you know, mismanagement from Ten Hag. You know You know, is it, you know, and that falls on him. Maybe it's you know lack of leadership there. I I agree completely with Roy Keane. I think Bruno Fernandes is the complete opposite of what you want in a captain. When you turn to your captain, you want him to be there leading you and helping you out, telling you yeah. to not get involved in stuff and to not be petty and to get on with the game. They look at Bruno Fernandes and he's rolling around on the floor crying, and I I don't get it. I because. For me, as a manager, if I take it off him and he kicks out fast, I go see you later,
0: then, mate. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what Fernandez brings. I feel like he is a very decent finisher. He's a decent creator, but in the press, is he the most effective? Not really. Is he great at building out from the back? Not really. What's... So where do you play him in this United team? Where does he fit in a in a Ten hog system? He doesn't.
1: The thing it for me work. is, with, uh,
0: and that's the thing. He is just decent. He's decent at
1: this, decent at that. Mm. But for me, you get a captain for two reasons: you're a bloody good leader, or you're a bloody good footballer. It's
0: like they've just gone for who's been there the longest. Yeah, like last—I yeah. mean, it says a lot about the turnover in yeah. the squad recently that he's one of the ones that's been there the longest. I mean, Rashford is probably their longest-serving player.
1: But, I mean, they, I they and he's
0: twenty-three. There. I say they stripped it off Maguire
1: because he wasn't performing well. He gave it to Bruno. Yeah. Why? Uh, so I, I, I just think it's things like that, just across the board, that are shocking. But
0: who would you give the captaincy to? Who in that squad's a leader? If you give it to Varane, he's gone in a couple. Yeah, they in haven't a got year. any leaders. Lissandro would probably my shout. But
1: he'd kill, he'd, he would uh, yeah, He he. he does so play hard. with passion. He does, and I do like mm. that. I think McTominay. You
0: know, Paul McNamee time in a high role. They did that, and he didn't. He almost scored. He did almost score. So, do you do you mind if I? Cut sure, into yeah, this. Yeah, so on. this is every transfer under Ten hard then at least the major signings. So obviously Anthony for eighty-five point four million pounds. Highlight
1: like was getting shushed by Jeremy Doku, which was hilarious. That
0: was. I mean, it shows a real chance because that is exactly what he does: mugs off defenders, going left, going right, little turns. That's exactly his play. As someone does it to him. And he decides to square up to them. He decides to try and kick them, and then square up to them. So it's Ducky, He came off pathetically. I think
1: very mature, you know. Very mature there. Rather than try and fight him, just shushed him.
0: Just shushed him and walked off. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a brilliant player, Jeremy he, does, he Really does. does. Uh, so Anthony eighty five point four. Rasmus Hoylun at seventy two. We can't really judge it. It's not been there no. long enough. Casemiro seventy million clearly hasn't had the legs. Round knew that, no. and they got seventy million out of Manchester yeah. United for him. I mean, that's incredible from Real. Sixty million for Mason Mount, who spent the two, first two months this season injured. I all, think again, the point.
1: there's a good player there, but there's not a sixty million. You
0: signed player, a player who had a really difficult campaign yeah. last year, and while he, there is a really good player there, it won't be harnessed by a manager who doesn't really know his system. He, I think if I, I think if Mount goes to Chelsea, goes to Liverpool, I think he does well. Yeah, I really do. Then you've got Lissandra Martinez. I think that was the, one of their only successful yeah. signings at fifty six point seven. Andre Onana, a very good signing. He can platform back really well. They just don't really have the players to play that system at the moment, and therefore he's not really and being yeah. utilised.
1: And he he showed much. he's a very good goalkeeper. He is just very error prone.
0: Yeah, so forty seven point two million for him. Then you've got Tyrone Malasia for fourteen point seven. What to him? Injured at the moment. I don't think he's done too badly though, Cheryl to no, be fair. I mean,
1: he's rotating Luke Shaw and he's done a shift yeah. when he needs to.
0: And then Altobi India hasn't played yet at 4.3 mil. On a free, they picked up Christian Eriksen, which was a decent bit of business, but I feel yeah. like he's now a bit past it, if but I'm I being honest.
1: Think, I, think, I think he's a good player, right? He's a very good player. But playing every single minute of every single game isn't what he can but
0: do. But also, they had him as the lone DM in the second oh, half. Just, it's like, yeah. what? Eriksen?
1: I think a lot's going wrong at United right now, but I think it started as ownership's bad. It's a tough time for Ten Hag. It's starting to get now. What's Ten Hag doing? Mm. Feels like he's lost the plot a little bit.
0: With Eriksen, you need to have two players alongside him who are going to work hard. Yeah. Because he's not he's a good player, but he's not got the legs and the engine on him to be able to get about quickly. I actually think a midfield with him... Uh, Mount and Amrabat would work quite well with Amrabat yeah. sweeping and, and pl- slotting into the back three as in that half-back role, he can play well. And Mount being the more uh, box-to-box, that engine yeah. room, the buzz in the midfield. But then you can't pick McTominay into that team. You can't mm-hmm. pick Bruno Fernandes into that team. Mm-hmm. So it feels really messy at the moment for United. Then the loan deals for Sergio Reguilón, Sofia Wout Vegos and Marcel Sabitzer. Vegos was crap. Sabbats that they didn't really realise they had for the first no. few months. Then he actually did really well towards yeah. April sort of time when they were forced to play him. Amrabat, I cannot fathom why he's only on a loan. And it was an easy deal and to get him. You could
1: see against in the in the derby on Sunday that he is still very much adjusting to the Premier League. He's
0: adjusting. He's also unfit. Yeah. He's not played. They chucked him in 90 minutes in a Manchester derby. He's not played. He's been he's been injured. He's not played football, and you've thrown him in there, and I. Yeah, played 45, got hooked, unbelievable. And then Sergio Reguilón on alone, they're not even using him. They're putting Lindelof at left back. What was the point? What was the point? Let's bring a better choice left back, just not use him. Ten Hag's got a lot to work on, really. He's, I mean, people are saying, oh, it's not Ten Hag's choices, but realistically, if you look at half of them, no way do United sign Tyrrell Molassia. I mean, most of them are from the Eredivisie. Anthony M- Martinez, Melasia worked with Onana, I believe, at his time, at Ajax as well. Honestly,
1: what did An- I-, I need to see what Anthony did in the Eredivisie.
0: Eriksson, ex-Eredivisie yeah. boy. Same with Val I think Sabitzer may have been there for a bit. It was like he's just signed his mate. Maybe not. In a sense, uh, it, it's, it's the leaky he knows. And it's interesting because other managers have been criticised for it in the past. But if you look at... So if you think of Sari. Came to Chelsea's son of Sorry, Conte you, no. did the same thing. Conte
1: did sort of get... well, Con- so it to a good extent, they Well Conte
0: it worked out for yeah. to be fair. Sorry, yeah. So, sorry it didn't really as such, but we're still it's not unfamiliar. It's not no. uncommon. It has happened. Conte did it again at Tottenham, so in place like Ivan Perisic. Did yep. that work? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> but it's not unheard of. It can work. It can work. It just hasn't yet. And they the moaned. Yeah, he's moaning about not having
1: the players, but
0: he's just signed
1: all of them. And oh, they he doesn't it oh, makes no sense. Yeah. And I think he is treading water a little bit. They've got Newcastle in the Carabao Cup tonight. A tournament they won last year. Yeah. Repeated last year's final. You know, I, I feel like last you know, he could if they can get if they can get a win in the Carabao Cup. That's big. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to win it. It might save him some some time. I don't know who they've got this weekend, but they need a win.
0: I can have a quick look. But, <laughs> yeah, it feels very much as though United are in a bit of trouble. I want to talk about, as well, the, the conversational, well, conversation, argument, debate, however you want to frame it, between Jamie Gallagher and Gary Neville, talking about who is to blame. And I think that, it, for once, we have an argument between two very passionate pundits by the way United playing Fulham this weekend away we've got a debate between two very passionate pundits and actually they're both right so the main the main thing that Carragher was arguing was there is no play style and he is spot on it feels like there is no consistency with how United are going to play it's it's pumping it long it's it's long balls it's very direct and while Sam Allardyce might love that, as he was saying the other day, I don't know if you saw the quote, but he was basically saying we don't want to see Tiktacker anymore. Thomas Frank put a ball, was playing long ball against City, and look, look at the result they got. And it's like well, you can still play Tiktacker, mate. It's not ruining football. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, for some point, but Ten Hag seems to be playing that at Man United. It's an underdog system. One of the biggest teams yeah. in the league with all the money, with all the talent, and you're playing as though you're the bottom team in the league. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. So, I, I, I really do agree with Carragher on that. That it's not. Yeah. Uh, I like I, I can't believe that they are playing that. That style. It doesn't feel like they and do have a clear distinct, distinct style.
1: I'm proud of Jerry Carragher for that because usually he's wrong and biased, but yeah, he was spot on and.
0: And then Neville is, Neville came it, back as well. By yeah. what do you
1: want to say? I mean, it, I mean, we say you say it is an underdog. It is an underdog. Um, system. System and. Is that what they're succumbing to? You know, if, if they're in, in the mid-table at the moment, do they think they're going to be underdog? Do they think they're now mid-table mm. side? It feels like it. It looks like it. They act like it.
0: Maybe they are. <laughs> 400 million war chests to play underdog football. Yeah. But I feel there there is no tactical direction. I don't know what Ten Hag is doing on the train, training ground, but it's obviously not working out. No. Neville came back and he blamed the owners and he was saying that actually the sport, given the fact that Sturgeon Ratcliffe is- the fact that Ratcliffe is coming in and that the sporting side must be fearing for their jobs because there are a lot of rumors that everyone will be sacked how can ten cope with that and I thought well it's not really true as in the fact that yeah. he' ten old knows he's not going anywhere the only people that are going anywhere is Richard Arnold who was has been incredibly, incredibly bad at his job for the last yeah. decade and well since he's been there he, he took over from Woodward I think yeah but well, I think he was there before Woodward and they worked together but Anyway, uh, he's not been good at his job either. He doesn't really know what he's doing. So United, there's a lot of issues at the moment. And and then they made some comment like, oh, you know, Turnhouse come into a really messy situation. Whereas Emery went into a stable environment at Villa. Poster went into a, sta- a stable environment at Tottenham. I was like, a stable environment? You're mm-hmm. the world's most insane owner in Daniel Levy. Harry Kane was leaving the club and nobody believed in Poster Media were calling it a circus, calling it a joke that he was employed. I thought that was a really weird comment to A
1: lot of pressure there. I see there's pressure at Man United, but you've got to take it. And Mm. I think Gary Neville and a lot of other United fans always hide behind the owner excuse. Gary Neville always, and and other fans do it as well. United fans that I know, United fans on social media, oh, oh, the owners are so bad. Oh, the owners have cost us this derby. Oh, the owners have done this. Yes, your owners are bad. And I, I understand completely, but that doesn't mean that you play shit football That's and can't play the game. Because
0: they, they didn't start Johnny Evans. No.
1: Ten should still be able to get wins and be yeah. in a decent Premier League position in the table, even if the owners are shit.
0: The quality in the squad is there. While there may not be the backups that are desired, Tenarg had money to spend and he spent £80 million on Anthony. Quite frankly, yeah. the the what the what's it called? I don't know what the phrase is, but it's the Buck's got to stop with someone. I think the bucks got to stop with someone. Realistically, who decided to sign Anthony wasn't Richard Arnold; it was Eric Ten Hark. That's a hundred million or eighty-five, yeah. however much you want to say. Either way, it's a lot of money to spend on Anthony. Yeah. And so far, he's done the square root of and nothing. And I don't know what he saw in him. What did he do in the Eredivisie that was so impressive? If it's spin on the ball, then fair enough, I've seen loads for him. But I've not seen anything from him. There's no output, no directness. He got one goal against Arsenal on his debut and everyone thought he was mint. Since then, nothing. There should be an investigation oh,
1: into how on earth that was £100 million. Cause it's got to be found dodgy it's a robbery. Because no way, is Anthony. I wouldn't pay £20 million for
0: him. But also, I don't know what Ajax did with that £100 million.
1: No, <laughs> No. That, that happened.
0: <laughs> no, well, that went. But we'll get onto them a little bit later, but... If, yeah, Anthony, weird transfer. Ultimately, I feel that in the market, Ten Hag's not been good enough. He's been backed. It's not like he's not been backed. I mean, if we if we add up the transfer fees, you've got 80 million, 70, 70, 60, 50, 40, then 14 and 4. But that's enough money to be able to sign some very, very good players. Anthony could become two more players at 40-40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he could become three more players even at 30-30-20. He could become five players for god's sake oh, They're better than johnny evans exactly i just feel that the this, there has been money invested whether it's invested well or not it's clear probably not no i mean even this summer Hoyloon at 70 million 56 million on on andre oh, sorry 47 million on andre onana and 60 million on mason mount that's not not investing sorry no. that is that's just not true and you can't spend that amount of money and call it not investing. Plus, what have United recouped in player sales? Yeah. No. Since they, like, who have they sold ever in the last five years? Yeah. Who have they sold? Nobody. Yeah,
1: Nobody. and I think Ten in trouble. But yeah. the problem for United is, who do they go and get if they do sack him?
0: Well, that's that is the issue, isn't it? I feel like it would have to be someone who could play direct football. Sam Allardyce. But
1: that would like <laughs> when they got David, brought David Moyes in.
0: Yeah, there's no direction at the club. There's no plan. There's no philosophy in terms of the football. Ranić said it. Yeah. There's no idea. They sign loads of players. None of them can play the same system. And that doesn't make any sense. You can't just keep throwing enough shit at the wall that something's going to stick because no. it doesn't work. It's no. just It doesn't. You can't just buy loads of good footballers and hope they'll click. It's not working. Ooh. You have to buy for a system yeah. and for a manager. And they're not doing that, United. Because even if one bit sticks, you've still got a pile of shit at the bottom of the wall. But, yeah.
1: you know, and you've got to get rid of that somehow.
0: But as you say, how do they replace him? I mean, if Carrick can get Middlesbrough back to the front of the championship, is he an option? Now, that
1: would be interesting to see. An ex-player going back in there, like, like Ollie did, because they got behind Ollie. Yeah, they did. The fans got behind him.
0: No, yeah, at first. And, and, yeah, well, at yeah, first.
1: Could the Carrick do the same, maybe? I
0: think the big difference is Carrick does know how to play football. He does. Like, Ole Solsha Solskjaer was never the best coach. Never really looked at it. Uh, like, no, there were some good games, some really worked, good games, and he was a decent coach. But for the style that United wanted to play, he never really had one. Whereas Carrick does have a clear, distinct, possession-based football. and And that could work at United. He could get players that base amount really working. Yeah. But I think there's there's got again, it feels United have spent all this money in the last few years seasons and yet it feels like a clear out is necessary. Sure. it doesn't help when you spend almost a hundred on hundred million on Jaden Sancho, a player who Ten Hag has completely throws out of the club. To the nice. point where he's parking up at the at the youth training facilities, getting changed in cars and toilets and all this sort of stuff going out and training on separate pitches, st- not coming on Champions League tours to, and said stay and watch the U18s. It's baffling. It feels like horrendous man management. It feels like horrendous man management. I get that sometimes players are going to take the piss a bit. The fact that you know, Sancho didn't seem to ever have that work ethic. but And United fans will say, oh, well, he tried his best. He sent him on a nice little retreat. Well, well at least he sent him on a retreat. Yeah. But... It looked like James Antrichus back to especially in the last campaign in a few games, yeah. And we've come back to the start of this season, and it doesn't, it doesn't look like James Sancho exists.
1: That poor retreat. It's like you come back from holiday and your house's on fire. Yeah.
0: It's like
1: and you've got nowhere to go. Yeah, fact, yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I think it's poor management across the board. Poor man management, tactically poor. Just, I mean, even the manager he just says some random stuff. Yeah, McGuire Evans tactics load of bollocks.
0: No way is that tactics. Wifell. Absolutely whyful. Yeah, Shouldn't we go? We should. I think we've, we've killed United enough on a nice little 26-minute clip there for anyone, any United fans. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, let's get even more depressing now because it's time to switch our, our, our attention across London, across England to London and to the game at Stamford Bridge. Now, we do not want to do this, but Chelsea now... Brentford 2. What went wrong? Every podcast, it feels like it is always
1: either one step forward or it's one step back. And it's just... Um, we're just saying
0: say because... Olivia Rodrigo is claiming copyright. Because
1: <laughs> if you walked a step forward and then you walk one back, you don't move anywhere. You're going nothing. Yeah. And it just feels like that at Chelsea at the moment. It is so frustrating. Two wins in a row, a big draw against Arsenal, a good performance against Arsenal, despite the frustrating draw. Yeah. I thought, let's go into this game at home at Brentford, let's win. And then the events that portrayed were the most frustrating events ever. Couldn't break them down, couldn't get through them. Then Pinnock scores a crappy goal. Chelsea get the pressure on. And then, because we send our keeper up in the 94th, Robert Sanchez gets caught out 2 0. Yeah. It is just frustrating again and again and again every week. It is just frustration.
0: Wow. No. I I think the reaction's been a little absurd. I think that obviously it was a disappointing result. That's quite that's quite evident. And there was definitely elements of the performance which could have been better. Not doubting that for a second. But we've gone in the space of not even a week from Poch is great, love the football, it's so good, we're, we're doing really yeah. well, well on board the bandwagon. And to Poch out, he's the worst manager I've ever had, he's got no backbone, sack him instantly. It's been such a such a quick switch. And there was mistakes this week, don't get me wrong, I think with the subs, they weren't... Well, firstly, the starting 11 it was a bit of an odd one. I know he was boxed in with the fact that Enzo and Madrid were both injured, but Madueke coming in... Well, Enzo when... having a baby, wasn't he? Sorry. He, had he him him. A baby it, he's he's also, he that, also I mean. has had a few muscle issues as well that. anyway. But De Sassi in for Gusto, was that necessary? Probably not. No. Did we need to do that? Probably not. We no. could it's have... Sassy and if we are keeping De Sassi in there, then let's put Cucurero right back yep. and Palwe left back. I don't know. If we switched up from... From uh, left side of uh, from right side of build up, sorry, it's left side of build up, which uh, w- a bit of a weird choice considering we actually did some really nice stuff on that right hand side last time. I think that we had. To, uh, it's a bit annoying that we are forced to put Conor Gallagher a bit deeper because he doesn't play well no, there. Conor said he had a good game. Gallagher really struggled deeper. For me, it would have been better to see Oleg were in there. I know that we had obviously Enzo yeah. with his wife you' still injured but uga chuck who sat on the bench he yeah. could have played a full full game and actually done a lot better so a bit of an odd choice there madame as i said briefly i just i don't know I he's obviously him, a really really good player and he needs minutes to develop but when we're already on a downward slope yeah he he does just worry me a little bit the fact that it I don't know. We could have. We could have kept Pop Cole Palmer on the right. Had Uga Chuck, who were in there. Brought Gallagher up to attack midfield, and actually probably looked a little better than we have yeah. th- th- than we did in the game. Jackson struggled. Jackson really struggled. And I don't know. Bit of a bit of a I weird know, one. starting and Palmer well, just quiet. No, Palmer did well. Palmer did well. We weren't shocking. We weren't as no. bad as people making out. I don't. I think that. But the first goal, it's a stupid one. That ball should never come into the box. And the, yeah. no one was marking him. No. I don't think you can blame Sanchez for that one. The second goal, I don't think you can blame Who cares at that point anyway? But I don't think you can blame Sanchez for that one. No. My blame falls on Ian Martin And I love Ian Martin So this is difficult. But I don't know if we know what Ian Martin is. Is he a left back? Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a right winger? What is he? Because no, no. for me, I thought he was a great attacking left back at Burning the season. Potter had no idea how to use the bloke and his physicality is not there for the Premier League.
1: It just
0: it, like... it was all from I don't yeah. know how, how many times you watched the replay, but the goal is Brentford's away, second goal all comes from a physical challenge where Brian and just wins that physical battle. He actually flattened Martin. Yeah. Flattened him. And then they broke Sanchez had no hope really after committing to the corner. And it, and it was a bit, of a, a bit of a disappointing way to go t- to concede a second, but we should yeah. never be in that position in in the first place. So, yeah, an odd one, an odd one. I don't think though that we were completely out of the game like, at all. I think if you look at the match momentum, uh, look at the match momentum, we were on top for most of the game, sixty nine percent possession to thirty one percent possession. We did lose the game on XG, but I think a lot of that is that final goal.
1: Yeah,
0: pinnox anyway was quite close proximity to goal and unmarked, which it helped XG yeah. totals. And then the other, the last goal must have generated a 0.93 or something yeah. like that because there was no goalkeeper. So I don't think you could really look at XG as reflective of the overall game. I think more 17 shots to seven says it all. that Chelsea had loads of chances. But what shows why Chelsea failed is five shots on target to Brentford of their seven and just two of Chelsea's 17 managed to find the target. Yeah. That was the issue. Poor finishing once again. Well, the chance creation wasn't stunning. Chelsea once again failed to finish any chances. Yeah. And it's been the common theme this season, where despite the fact Chelsea and Brentford's XG was 2.13 to 2.03, they won 2-0 because they were clinical. They took their chances and they took them well. Chelsea didn't take their chances, and ultimately, despite the fact they had the dominance of the possession, dominance of the ball, created so many more chances, just couldn't finish them off.
1: Yeah, this is what this is what I is is frustrating because I think it's not it's not that like I'm getting angry to not with lost of Brentford, it's not that, I was a bit annoyed and I watched it, but uh, I'm not like jumping to the wanting to pick out the club. Like. It is just frustrating because it felt like after the arse, two wins on the bounce, big point against yeah. our Northland rivals, step in the right direction and it does just feel like we have taken that step backwards again. And that is what is
0: frustrating. Especially with Tottenham up next, who are undoubtedly the best side in the I mean, league this season.
1: Blackburn in the cap in the week should yeah. be a win and a bit of a it's got to be comfortable. Side. And then Tottenham is a it's, it's a tough game. It's a really tough game. I'm, I'm a bit yeah. worried. I am worried. I am very worried. We're
0: hoping Armando Breuer is is back soon. Yeah. Obviously he seems to pick up another small injury after the Fulham match. But he was really good in that game because he was really lively. Really, really lively. And obviously, he got that goal. While while maybe it wasn't the best effort you've ever seen, Mm. he did at least get a goal.
1: And I think, I don't know what teams get out of Tottenham. We miss
0: Mudrick a lot as well. We miss Mudrick an awful lot. If
1: if the Chelsea team is the team against Arsenal, we're in for an absolute crack of a game against Tottenham. If it's the team that turns up against Brentford, we're going to get steamrolled. So I honestly don't know how that game's going to go.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. But it I saw a good quote as well from Poch at the end of the game, actually talk about how at the moment that the expectation to win isn't really there. And I feel yeah. like that's a bit of an issue. Yeah. I feel like we need to have John Terry or someone in there. So a lot of people saying John Terry needs to be in there, yeah. part of the backroom stuff, because he knows what it means yeah. to be Chelsea, to play for Chelsea. And I do sort of agree with that sentiment. But I also saw him talking about how the team doesn't really know how to break down low blocks. No. I thought, you know what, it's really interesting, isn't it, that a team just cannot break down a low block. Chelsea, that's why we've been so good against Arsenal, against Liverpool this season, but when it comes to Brentford, Nottingham Forest and the likes, we can't break down a low block. Do you think that's something wrong with the players and the fact that we haven't got quality enough forwards? Or is it the fact that, Pos- that um, Pochettino's tactics aren't good enough for breaking down smaller teams? I think it's an interesting one because you
1: look at the Brentford game, we did have
0: those 17 shots.
1: So clearly, we did have opportunities. Some of them got it. Like I think if we lose two 0 but we have seventeen shots and put, you know, yeah. nine on target, ten on target, it looks better. Two, even if those two had gone in, we still draw two two.
0: Yeah.
1: How? Just sticking it. Just, just you've got to hit a target as a footballer. We've got some world class forwards. They have to hit the target.
0: Indeed, but yeah. Should we move on? Yes. Just to say as well, by the way, while we're recording this episode, the Ballon d'Or is being unveiled. Yeah. So we're slowly getting a few more names and stuff. So we may well know who's won it by the end of the episode. Wow. Just quickly on that, though, Haaland or Messi? Who, who are you thinking will take it? It'll be Messi. He won the World Cup. It is widely expected to be Lionel Messi. Oh, I feel that, it, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? But he's he's a brilliant player. He won a World Cup. Gives
1: a Rodrigo to Paul. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it feels that there's too much importance placed on the World Cup and the Champions yeah, League in the Ballon d'Or rankings. It's not who's been the best player this year, it's who's achieved the most this year. But yeah, even in the years that Messi hasn't won it, he's still exceptional. Yeah, so. yeah he has been. Should we talk about a player that's probably going to win it one day? Well, I was going to say, I mean, statistically, you want to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid, Real Madrid to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, And, well, the game of the weekend was Real Madrid versus Barcelona, wasn't it, Harry? We were going to stream it, couldn't, so yeah, NordVPN, you've got our complaints. <laughs> we're not going to brand new anytime soon, but yeah. if any other VPN yeah. <laughs> suppliers want to get in touch, then please do, but the game then on Saturday, because we did end up getting to see some highlights and stuff from the match, and obviously live reactions from other people, it's, well, an interesting match, wasn't it? it and was actually it. the full yeah. route has been more interesting, we can't really talk about the game. As I say, didn't watch it all. No. But the goals, Jude Bellingham is him. He's yes. incredible.
1: He, he's... Me- I don't... I honestly don't get how someone is so good at football. Mm. I'll never understand it. How the likes... I'm not putting... I mean, I'm not putting in the same bracket yet, but like, how the likes of Messi and how Bellingham is this good at football. I don't get it. I just don't get it. How are you That is That young?
0: Yeah, Jude Bellingham once again taking the game by the scruff of the neck, taking his tally up to thirteen in thirteen for his time at Real wow. so far, ten in ten in La Liga with two assists as well. He has been unstoppable in in in, in uh, white and gold, and I I feel like he is one of the most complete players in world football at yeah. twenty. That's insane. I'm 20 years that old. That is insane. Have you ever seen a player that is as composed as he is? is that a player that can play in either the number 10 role, the number 8 role, or the number 4. He can play anywhere on the pitch, really.
1: It's absolutely crazy. And it, it's a big game changer for Real. Because if they need a goal in the league, if they need a goal in the Champions League, if they need a goal in a the final, he will just smash it from range. They yeah. need a goal in El Clasico. he will just hit it from range in the 92nd minute and we'll be
0: Indeed, he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. And I mean, Real building up their super team. Apparently, they still want to sign Kylian Mbappe. They still want to sign Erling Haaland. If they get both of those, they've got the three Ballon d'Or contenders for the next decade in the same team. If they get team. both of those, they might as well not compete. If they get Champions. either of those, yeah. Real win every Champions League. Yeah. And then the other one of the three is going to want to join if They
1: them. can siege five, but Belling will just the ball to Mbappe and they'll win the yeah. six or seven.
0: Uh, and if that's not enough, then oh, hang on, our midfield pivot of, of Aurelien Charmeni, Fede Valverde mm. or Eduardo Camavinga, who may well be playing left back this time.
1: Oh, hang on, Vinny's now at the ball on the yeah. left. It's a mental team. The they fact that they really could
0: good. genuinely line up with the front four of Vinicius, Spellingham, Harland, and Mbappe is actually frightening. That is
1: disgusting. That is, the
0: that is absolutely disgusting. Best attack in the world. That is FM. Not even FM. I don't think it could be possible on FIFA. FM. That is FIFA levels are disgusting, that. Yeah. But yeah.
1: On the flip side, for Barca, fourth now in the La Liga.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know with Barca. It
1: doesn't feel like anything's going really wrong, n- though. No,
0: and that's the thing. They've actually done really well. They are now behind Atleti, and Atleti have a game in hand. They're four points behind Real, four points behind Girona, which is still incredible that they're up yeah. there. But... Yeah, I don't know, where, where do, what, what do Barca do? Because I don't think they're that bad in the game, from everything I've read and, and mm-hmm. everything I've heard. I don't think they've been that bad at all this season. I, I don't know. The main thing, not really, bad. where it's all gone wrong. It's at this stage where teams would panic. Mm. They,
1: don't, they don't even want to do that. They do not want to panic.
0: Yeah, I mean, they drew a Granada a couple of weeks ago. That was a bit of a silly one. They sort of were sleeping early on and conceded two stupid goals. El Clasico, I guess anything can happen. Yeah. But I mean they're celebrating the Rolling Stones. Maybe that was that's a problem. Was, maybe. TK. That was the biggest highlight. But yeah, probably was. I'm trying to think of a Rolling Stones song to use as a pun, but I don't actually know any Rolling Stones. I know song. that
1: was the two of them were there, uh, Mick Jagger and the other one.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna find a Rolling Stones pun okay, song okay, okay, to make a, ju- yeah. a pun from.
1: But you know, it it does look like Rao are probably gonna be the favourite chat title. If her owner can keep up the whole season, who knows what can happen. Yeah. Atleti could go. Too bad they could go top of the league when they game in hand, but is still right in there, yeah. four points behind. Don't want to panic. Any drop of points and they're back in, they're back in the
0: race. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing the fans would probably be saying, "I can't get no satisfaction after that result." Yeah. They'll probably be a little bit angry.
1: Yeah,
0: these are good ones. <laughs> these one. yeah. They have got no sympathy for the devil.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: great. God, they are. They want to paint it black. Don't know. Anyway, lovely. Shall we move on? Yes, I probably should. So, two more topics and to discuss before we get into a little bit of FPL, and um, we'll call it a day there. So, next up, PSV5, Ajax 2. Bottom of the league. Wow. How? What? Why? If you want to see us talk about Ajax in a bit more detail, then head on over to the YouTube channel where we spoke about Ajax for 20 minutes. It's a good video. It's titled, What's Gone Wrong at Ajax? Yes, it is. I mean... So but more, it's got worse. It has got a lot worse. This is, we spoke a lot more about off the pitch stuff for Ajax. Yeah. This is a lot more on the pitch today. They started well. They did. They won a lot. Franco van der Boomen with that goal. That looked quite, quite. you know, they, they looked quite positive for Ajax. They're doing quite well. Then the preceding 80 minutes didn't go as well. They then, PSV leveled through having Lozano and he would go on to play a very starring role in their victory. Yeah. Then Ajax drew back level. But you're going to have to Forgive me because I cannot remember who scored that one. Well, it was, of course,
1: the man, the me, I was going to
0: say, the, the legend, the suspense, but that's called painful.
1: Oh, and, and he's Where is... We don't know what his name is no,
0: yet, yeah. do we? Do not. He's a very, very, good player, and he goes by the Brian legend. Brobby, I thought it was. <laughs> Brian Brobby. But yeah, so they levelled up, so they went back ahead through Brian Brobby, oh, 2 1 up, lovely yeah. j- lovely. Went right into the break 2 1. You think. You know what they've done really well here. Then, in by the 60th minute, they were five two down. No, four two down. Then wow. got to five.
1: Wow. That's
0: Luke De Jong on down. 49, Sibari on 52, and Lozano on 60 to put make it four two. Lozano had another on the 72nd minute to make it five two.
1: That 11 minutes completely sums up their season. Yeah. Really strong first 45. And then within fifteen minutes they were completely out of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. and that is a big problem, a huge problem for
0: Ajax. And well, just by looking at the football ratings, you really can see where the error was because t- on this left-hand side for Ajax, Taylor four point three, Harto four point seven, and Avia four point five.
1: Yeah, the Nano looked brilliant. That hat trick for him—he did really, really well.
0: And PSV on the opposing flank. Yeah. Funnily yeah. enough, but and yeah.
1: PSV are playing really well. And you know they are top of the league, aren't they? Um, for now, they are. They're doing a good job up there.
0: Five points clear out. Come on, With a game in hand, though, I believe that is tonight. No, I mean it's we're not. fine. Odd, not performing it
1: right at the tippity top, and Ajax down at the complete other end of the table. it yeah. looks all. It all looks. It looks very strong for PSV.
0: I don't know. I don't know what happened in the Alkmaar game. If anybody knows, say. But on it, they got it was two one NEC Nijmegen. It says full time, but the match was abandoned. So I'm not sure what happened at the end of that game.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, at my dominated, somewhere 2 1 down. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's it's about a terrible situation for Ajax. They sit bottom it of the is. league. While they do have two games to handle, the likes of Utrecht and Vitesse, they are still bottom of the league. So quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Up next? up next for Ajax, I believe it's Volendam. It is indeed. Volendam County sat sixteen. That is a must win game. If not, what do they do? They've already sacked their manager. They can't sack any more, they've not got one. No. What are they to do? It's gonna be interesting. I can't imagine after that Maduro's getting the job on a permanent. Who no. goes in there?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Can I throw out a name that may cause a bit of controversy? No. Grandpa.
1: Why not, eh? Why
0: not? I could see it. I could really see it working. Grandpa. I did well. It did well. I did, did all right at Chelsea. They played some decent football. The pressure will be off a little bit more. Yeah. Ten, well, no. Actually, the pressure will be ten outside times. Of, outside of. Yeah, you've not got as much g- global attention. Yeah. Obviously, once you're in the stadium. You've got coins at your head. But... The, the pressure goes up yeah. a, lo- a huge amount. But. I think that it's just it's a job where you're in an easier league. The, the yeah. opponents are going to be easier. Actually, yeah. he would be the best manager in the league. You could argue. I mean, Petter Bosch is a brilliant coach, so it's hard to hard to yeah. say. But I think he would be one of the strongest managers in the league. And it's a good young Ajax side for him to really leave an impression on and, and get them playing his style. But yeah, I thought the team selection was a little bit odd at the at the weekend. So yeah, I don't know. Would you play? Um, I mean, Avia. Came into the side from the side that played it. We watched them against Brighton. They, in that game, oh, they weren't particularly no. bad. No, they stepped
1: up once and let Meet him through, and then it was a
0: brilliant piece of play from Simon Dinger and Dufati. But two players who I thought were excellent in that game were both benched in this match. It makes no sense. Tahirovic yeah. was arguably one of the better players for Ajax. Yeah. He was benched. Burkhois was really good in the middle. They put him out wide and brought Heinzen in. I get why you won't want Carlos Borges in there, he's a little bit raw, so, but you've got other midfielders. You could have played Vanderboom Boom yeah, and Taylor and was. Tahirovic. And then Sosa at left back. They took out the side yeah, for Avia And I thought was that's really just weird. a bit of an odd one it as was well.
1: Really weird.
0: But yeah, Gus, Gaston Aviva lost the most jewels. Nine. How do you lose nine jewels in a match? What do you do? But yeah. First of all, how are you getting ran nine times?
1: <laughs> Second of all, how do you not win one of them?
0: Yeah, I'd. No, no that's idea. Crazy how Absolutely. that went so wrong. Harto no. had a really difficult game as well, but he's 17, so we'll let him off and then Kenneth Taylor struggled as well. Mm. It just feels as there's a lot of work to do at Ajax and it's about getting yeah. the belief back in the side and actually the fans need to be on side. It feels like mm. the, it's not helped out by the fact the fans are very much against the players right now. Yeah, It's not just against the management, it's against they really don't like this squad and that is that is an issue. But yeah, Yeah, a lot of work to be done.
1: Definitely so. Definitely
0: shall we get to FPL then? Because we are yes. getting close to the end of, our, end of our time. And I think we'll we'll get on to FPL and call it there. But we will talk. We were going to talk about Serie a. We'll talk about that next week in a bit more detail. And we've got a bit yeah. more. We could do a full episode maybe on Serie a. We'll see. Anyway, shall we talk about Fantasy Premier League? Yes. So, we have a lot a lot to go through. Was it a good week for you, Harry? Um, you say?
1: It was okay. Uh 72 points, so six above the global average. Um, green Arrows for, as well this week. Yeah, so no, I, I
0: was Green Arrows I, as well. 76 for me, very happy out,
1: with that. Um, and for my second, t- I could have maximised a lot more. I'm gonna, I, I benched in Buemo against Chelsea. And not only was I... So while I was angry at the Chelsea result, I checked my FPL team and saw 13 points sat on my bench. And that just angered me even more. Yeah. that's that way frustrating. In, yeah, with me and my blanking in my midfield, that could have been a gain of 11 points. I'd be sat there on 83, and that looks like a much better week.
0: I had a similar sort of thing. I had Tarkovsky sat on third sub, and he kept the clean sheet, which I yeah. didn't expect. I had Burns starting, who got nothing from the game. Yeah. I also sort of messed up my captain, Captain Mohamed Salah. Should have gone elsewhere with it. Son would have gave me another yeah. another four points. Harland would have gave me loads more points because yeah. he obviously got sixteen. So I would have had. Enough, I'd be almost looking at hundred with uh, with Harland captaincy. Yeah. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a an okay week though. Seventy six points. Not unhappy with that at all. Green arrows across the board in the TFC league. I am now up yeah. to sixty four. I
1: think the only thing I was disappointed with this week was Cash and Watkins. Getting seven points between them against Luton and Villa,
0: I had them both.
1: A, a I say, I know Cash got his clean sheet obviously, but I was expecting contributions from both of them. Really, they dominated that game. They Villa scored three goals, yeah. and you're telling me Watkins and Cash aren't involved in any? I, I obviously,
0: what I'd, obviously, what i to win, but I knew that if they didn't, surely Cash and Watkins, yeah. surely um, they'd come up with something. Completely. I am up
1: to twenty-four what? in the TFC.
0: Unbelievable! Thing. You're going to be in the top five soon. We're going to be talking about I, it in the last of the show. Trying. But, um, yeah, speaking of absolutely flying, we have a new table topper. What and we've got a whole new top five. Wow. Incred-
1: That's insane.
0: Incredible stuff from everyone involved. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of big names up there. Some names we're all very familiar with if you watch this show. So we'll start at the top. We'll start in fifth, as we always do, actually. Let's not change yep. the format. No. FC Red Devils sat in fifth and 88 scored this week. Shot at the table. I believe this is the first time we've seen them. But welcome, Leonardo Thomas with his eighty-eight score. Did not maximise Didn't maximise. No, Captain Salah had Embuemo, Wilson, Harland, and the team could have had Neto in there over Watkins. Would have brought more points. And Edison over Ariola as well. Bit of an odd. Well, I guess forty-nine might score, but yeah. six from Simicast, four from Romero, sixteen from Captain Salah. Could have captured literally anyone else in this team because he also had Embuemo, Wilson, and Harland. Yeah, but yeah, some really strong points. Douglas Lewis as well. Madison, some goods a good score there with eighty-eight. In fourth it's Ouster FC, Tunde Adamiju, with his seventy nine score in that it's a lot of a lot of similar names of Cash, Simakas, Captain Salah, Harland, but also had Saka, Son, and Musa Diaby. Big score.
1: Yeah, using the wild card there uh, was Tunde. Yeah. Interesting one, could have maximised a bit more maybe. A and LaSalle were interesting choices,
0: but yeah. fair enough. In third, we're all familiar with redemption season. Romario Clark and 75 points. Top, um, well, fighting up towards the, the top again, also wild carded. Raya 6, Simaka 6, Saliba 7, Cash 5, 6 from Saka, 7 from Douglas is 16 from Salah, and 16 from Erling Haaland. Did bench Chai Taylor though, third sub. He yeah. obviously scored a goal, 6 points there, missed out on. Second, Mutant Ninja Skirtles, Josh Botha, a very familiar name. No wild card, but he did have 16 from Haaland, 16 from Salah, 13 from Diaby, 10 from Son, 6 from Simicast, 5 from Cash, and bench Charlie Taylor as well. Up to first now, though, for the first time ever, I believe, is Arcane or Ulamide, or Ulamide, Joseph. 93 score this week. week. Captain Son, and Mbwemo, Diaby, Saka, Haaland, Saliba, Cash, Romero and Edison bringing home the points. A very, very successful week.
1: Definitely. Um, I was scrolling through as we usually do for high scores, and any, any 10, hundreds? I have found one of the 100 clubs. Kabil Hussain on oh, yeah.
0: 105. Just behind me in the league. Yeah. From a
1: brilliant, brilliant game week, and they could have maximized even more. Haaland, Nunez, Captain did an interesting one. drB Shaboj Light, and Buevo, Salah, Walker, Sharkash. But they benched Semenyo on 9, could have had him in for Mietema. That, again, when I was 7 put 112, but 105
0: is a very strong game, week. Indeed. I've got nothing that can compete with that, by the looks of it. I've scrolling through the whole league. Don't think we're going to be, could be the same 105. And I don't think we've even got another 100 clubs. So, very, very good from them. Yes, very much. Well, there. That is everything for this week, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. It's, uh, yeah, it's always nice to do the podcast on yes. YouTube. Today, we'll be talking about League 1, and more specifically, in Nice. So, go check yes. that out on the channel. Now, Friday, predictions will be dropping here on Spotify as always, but also on YouTube for you guys that prefer to watch. And of course, to comment, if you want to check out the channel on YouTube, please do. It's the football chat. We've got loads of streams this weekend. We've got five streams in six days coming up. Yeah. With a lot of European Crazy. fixtures. We've got Monday Night Football. We've got the big games in the WSL. We've got the Classica on Saturday. The football doesn't stop coming. So make sure to uh, to get involved. I'm very excited, aren't you, Harry? I am very excited. It's a big week. It will indeed. That is everything from us this week, though, for this week's episode. We'll be back next week. We'll probably be talking about more Chelsea, more Manchester City. More United being crap, all that sort of stuff. You love it, we love it. That is everything for today, though. Thank you guys very, very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: See ya.